So welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now we talk a lot about PV or photovoltaics, but there's another solar technology that's been very successful. It's called concentrating solar power. It's a hybrid between concentrating solar, which uses concentrated sunlight to heat water into steam, and traditional steam turbine generators, which produce the electricity. Now, first time I came across this was when I was watching the movie The Man with the Golden Gun. You may remember when uh, Scaramanga had the groundbreaking CSP system that he was going to use to rule the world and turn into a weapon. That was science fiction. But here to tell us more about the facts of CSP, the engineering and scientific facts, is Fred Morse. Fred's a friend that I've known him for years and years and years. He's the president of Morse Associates, a renewable energy company he formed in 1989. Now, he's, Fred's had a great background in the solar industry. He's former senior advisor of U.S. operations for Abengoa Solar. He worked on two of the biggest solar power plants in the world, Solana and Mojave Concentrating Solar Power. These things totaled you know, over 500 megawatts total. He worked on getting federal loan guarantees for these projects. And before that, he was very active on policy at the, uh, as the executive director of the White House Assessment of Solar Energy. He worked at the U.S. Department of Energy, and he's currently the chairman of the Utility Scale Solar Power Division at the U.S. Solar Energy Industries Association, or SEA, and, and Fred and I both serve on the board there. And he's a graduate of uh, uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, MIT, and Stanford. So, boy, uh, incredible background and ex- incredible education and incredible experience. So welcome to the show, Fred. Thank you, Barry. Pleasure to be here. All right, great. So why don't you just uh, let us know what is CSP, Concentrating Solar Power, and how does it work? Well, you gave your audience a bit of a hint at when you, in your introduction, so let me build on that. And my first, my first question to your audience, to the listeners, is do they know how electricity is made? It's made in power plants where heat is used to boil water to make steam. And that steam goes through a steam turbine and generates electricity. Now, the heat to boil water typically comes from either burning coal or natural gas or from the fission process in a nuclear reactor. So uh, now I want to ask your audience another question, and that is how many of you at one time or another held a magnifying glass up to the sun and burned the hole in a piece of paper that was held beneath it. Probably many of you. So you have no doubt that if the sun's rays are concentrated, you can get to very high temperatures. So now we all, all we have to do is design a power plant based on using the sun's rays to get high enough temperature to boil water to make steam, and therefore we would not need to use those other fuels. So what we've just thought through is the the basic concept of a CSP plant. But instead of using magnifying glasses, mirrors are used. And the mirrors can be arranged in one of two ways. Well, there are many ways, but there are one or two represent what's in the market today. The mirrors could be surrounding a large tower, and those mirrors could track the sun, focusing the rays, on a receiver at the top of the tower, and that receiver gets hot enough to make steam to run a steam turbine. Or the mirrors could be arranged in a trough-like structure, 
and with a tube down the middle and a fluid running through it. And as that trough tracks the sun, the fluid in the tube gets heated up to temperatures high enough to make steam. So I think, Barry, the, the concept is simple. Just focus the sun's rays, get high enough temperatures, and then you can make steam in the same way that a steam power plant uh, generates electricity today. But Barry, there's one other thing, and that is you and I know that clouds happen and night happens, and people still like to uh, use electricity during those periods. So now I have another question for your audience, and that is, in fact, Barry, I'll ask you, what if you had to work late tonight in your office, you need coffee to keep you going, and there's no way you can boil water or get a cup of hot coffee in your office after hours? What would you do? Well, what what I have done in the past is just grab a bunch of coffee beans, chew them, and swallow them. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the ones that are covered with chocolate are better, but um, the other ones, you know, no power, it can't make any coffee. Okay. So what we do is what you would do, because I know you're smart enough, is you would boil some extra water in the morning. Drink your morning cup of coffee and put the rest in a thermos bottle and drink it when you want it at night. And that is exactly what is done in a CSP plant because we're capturing the heat from the sun. And so that heat can easily be stored in large insulated tanks. And in that way, at night, you take the energy out of the tank and you generate steam and you run the steam turbine. So basically, so basically it's a form of energy storage. You're storing the heat, and instead of PV with batteries, you're able to just generate some of this thermal energy, store it, and then use it when you need it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, cool. So who, um, who are the primary customers for these CSB systems? I mean, I don't see any on rooftops, and, and I just um, you know, fly over huge facilities in the desert. But who's paying for them? Who's buying them? Who's using the electricity? Well, it's certainly, um, you certainly couldn't put this on a rooftop. It's, uh, it's simply not designed that way. Um, the, these plants tend to be large. They tend to have 100 to 400 million watts of capacity, and so they generate a lot of electricity. They tend to be, uh, per, the, the customers are utility companies because they put that energy on the grid, and once it's on the grid, these plants can serve tens of thousands of homes at one time or businesses or anything else that central station power plants serve. In the future, there may be some large corporations that will become customers because they have a need or desire for clean energy in that size. Now, I, I know that we have a bunch of these plants in the U.S. How is CSP working out in other parts of the world? Uh, right now, the real growth is overseas, South Africa, Morocco, India, China, Chile. Uh, there's uh, energy costs are higher there. Uh, as you know, in the U.S., we have a lot of an abundant amount of very low-cost low natural gas, and so that's a, a challenge for CSP plants. But overseas, uh, there is a, a very... Uh, intense market for for these plants. 
And and um, how how do the economics of CSP, you know, big plant, four or five hundred megawatt plant, compare to the economics of a photovoltaic plant in the desert? You know, utilities are are have the choice of buying CSP or PV. How do the economics change? Well, uh, as you and I know, the price of photovoltaics has been dropping steadily, and and it, it's now uh, a very very competitive uh, energy price. Um, a CSP plant generally would today uh, has to get a higher price for the electricity than a typical utility-scale TV plant. But the CSP plant has a lot of valuable at- attributes. It's a steam plant. It provides the voltage regulation that a staple grid needs. Not that, not that a utility PV plant doesn't, but a CSP plant inherently has the ability to regulate voltage and frequency. It's very fast in ramping up and ramping down, so it could fluctuate as the demand changes. And all of those, and it stores energy, so it can, it can deliver the energy when it's needed. So these are values that, um, that hopefully compensate for the uh, higher price that it has to get today. Okay. That that that's that's pretty cool. So we we are seeing more benefits there, and therefore the the electricity that you get from CSP is in a sense more valuable because, gee, you can get that electricity at night when with an ordinary PV system it's it's shut down. You've got to use other forms of generation. Right, that's right. Now, of course, both utility scale PV and CSP have shared benefits: clean energy, a fixed price, so it's a hedge against future price volatility and escalation. And they create jobs to build those plants and then operate them. But the unique benefit of CSP derives from the fact that you can store the thermal energy and therefore you can generate electricity when it's needed with great flexibility. What are some of the challenges with CSP? Well, there are several. Um, I would list them in this order. It's currently higher cost than its competitors, siting challenges, financing challenges, and simply um, a lack of awareness. And I thank you for the show because hopefully it's dealing with that uh, fourth challenge. Let me talk about costs. Uh, A CSP plant today has to compete with a natural gas plant because it's basically uh, performing the same way, it's just using the sun instead of gas. And gas is very abundant today and very cheap. So um, there is a, a cost challenge here, and it's, it, it comes about because those mirrors that I described earlier, the field of mirrors that surrounds the CSP plant basically is 30 to 40 years of fuel located on the site. So there's a high initial capital cost to build a CSP plant relative to a gas plant. And therein is the, is the heart of the cost challenge. Now, CSP costs are coming down, and they do the way they do for any technology, by building more and more and more, like for cell phones, like for photovoltaics. And that process is called a learning curve. PV is well down the learning curve. Prices are low, and it's wonderful for your customers, Barry. But CSP is at the top end of the learning curve, 
and its costs can, are, and will continue to come down. So that challenge for CSP of cost is being dealt with. Then we come to siting. I didn't, you know, I, since this is radio and uh, viewers can't see the image, I would just like to give them an image of Solana, the plant you mentioned, 280-megawatt plant. If Solana were lifted up gently from the Arizona desert and dropped down gently on midtown Manhattan, and if one edge was lined up with the East River, the other would be in the Hudson River. So this is a plant that covers midtown Manhattan, big slice of it. So now we talk about siting. So siting is the next challenge. We have to find land that is um, generally flat, that does not have endangered species issues, that is near transmission, near roads, near people. They have to work there. And if it's a power tower, it has to be sited away from bird migration paths, military, and civil aviation. So there are, there are plenty of sites, but it does take some, some, some care. It is a challenge. Next, we come to financing. A CSP plant of, of its typical size is anywhere from a half to a billion plus dollars. And therefore, the need to access long-term low-interest debt is critical because most of the electricity price is, is repaying the loan. The O&M costs are rather low. And for that reason, Barry, the, the federal loan guarantee program run by the Department of Energy was essential for the last round of large CSP power plants. The last challenge is awareness. And everybody knows about PV. I live in Maryland. I'm looking out of my window. There's PV on a neighbor's roof. And you see it on emergency signs as you drive down the highway. PV is simply known. CSP is much less known. And that becomes a major, a major barrier, a major challenge. So it's cost, um, siting, finance, and awareness. You know, the awareness is really interesting because um, you know, I used to install solar thermal panels in the late 70s, early 80s, and then, you know, went into a different business. But um, when I restarted in 2001 installing photovoltaic systems on rooftops in Silicon Valley, all of my initial inspections with the local inspectors were bizarre because the inspectors came to the home and they expected to be inspecting a solar thermal system. They never heard of a photovoltaic. It was all brand, brand new. And any time anybody thought about solar, it was all, you know, you have solar panels on the roof and it's going to generate hot water. And over about a 10-year period, it took 10 years, that, that changed. And the awareness now is photovoltaic. So if you talk to a, you know, somebody in, in school, a kid, and you ask them about solar, they're just like, oh, solar panels, it makes electricity. They don't know about solar thermal. So it, is, it really is a challenge to get down that learning curve and, and get the awareness out there that, that these things make sense, that they work, and that the technology is good. But a lot of it really boils down to cost-effectiveness. So how are we doing on the cost-effective curve with CSP? Is making plants bigger going to help? Is making them smaller and more convenient places going to help? You know, what, what can we do to reduce the cost of electricity that's being generated by a CSP system? Well, unfortunately, making it smaller is not going to buy you much, although um, um, you can certainly make a plant in the 100-megawatt size instead of the 
two or three hundred megawatt size. But there are real economies of scale that are built into this this concept. So um, w- w- ways to make to bring the cost down is the learning curve. It's it's to build more. Um, and there's a great opportunity I see in California, as California goes to a higher renewable portfolio standard, meaning a greater percent of electricity will come from clean sources, um, the utilities might see a need to have more peaking, uh, peakers because they can fill in for the fluctuations that wind and PV uh, might cause. But if they were aware that you could design a CSP plant as a peaker, virtually very as a hot rod, something that could sit and wait and when it's needed, ramp up very, very fast, carbon-free, then you can have something which fits in the California's long-term plans of carbon reduction and completely facilitates the greater amount of PV and wind on the grid. And that would bring the cost down as we build more of those plants. So one of the challenges also is when we put these big plants in the desert, we also have to build the electrical infrastructure to get the power out. And that can sometimes be expensive. How are we doing with reducing the cost for some of the high-voltage infrastructure wiring? Well, if there are enough customers in need of that line, it tends to be rate-based. It has a very small impact on the electric bill. If it's a special line for a wind plant or a utility-scale PV plant or a CSP plant, then it does add cost. In general, I would say CSP has been fortunate to site itself close to lines that have some room for their output. So it hasn't been a big, big problem so far. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, you know, we, we started talking about having you as a guest on the show months ago, and the political situation has dramatically changed. How do you think CSP is going to fare under President Trump? Well, it could be good. It could be bad. To be optimistic, I do believe that the states are so pleased with the greater use of solar energy, and they very much want to deal with the climate challenges. So I think there'll still be a strong market potential for CSP. But as I said, a CSP plant competes with a gas plant. And if there is a lot more gas infrastructure, uh, more pipelines built, and if there is a lot more inexpensive gas, then that will present a challenge for CSP because uh, a CSP plant just does what a gas plant does, only cleaner, no emissions. Well, if if you don't care about that, then that represents a challenge. Yeah, it'll it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see how President Trump fills out his cabinet and who's in charge at the DOE and and the EPA. But looking at market segments, are there smaller market segments or different places around the world where CSP technology is superior, and maybe there's political support for it? Right. Well. There are, and so I mentioned the countries uh, around the world, China, India, South Africa, North Africa, the MENA countries. Uh, In the United States, it's the sunny Southwest. Vast amounts of California, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico are ideal for CSP. West Texas, southern Utah, southern Colorado. So that's where you cite it. And the reason why you cite it there, Barry, is that the sun comes in two flavors, beam and diffuse and PV can use either flavor. It's a very, very adaptable conversion technology. But since we have to focus the sun, we really need beam radiation. 
and we have to be located in the arid desert areas of the southwest or anywhere around the world. And in terms of market segments, I think CSP plants are, first of all, going to, in the U.S., replace peakers because of their, of their capabilities and because on a capacity payment they're pretty competitive. It'll take a while for them to replace baseload, which, of course, they could do. Well, that's a, a fantastic overview of, of CSP. Just, just really quickly, Fred, how did you get into the solar business? <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. 1969, President Nixon asked if solar energy made sense for America. And he did this because every year the White House assesses, do we have our critical resources? Do we have enough steel and coal and energy for our security. And so he asked, does solar energy make sense for America? And I was lucky enough to be asked to write a report to the White House, which I did. And that report led to the formation of the solar energy program at the uh, President Carter's Department of Energy. And uh, that launched me in this career, and I've stayed in it. Wow, wow. Well, I was uh, I was uh, a few years behind you um, got uh, involved when uh, President Carter talked about the energy crisis being the more liquid than a war. But you know, once you kind of get into the solar industry, you stay. Uh, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. I want to give a special thanks to Fred Morse for sharing his knowledge about concentrating solar power. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. So if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts.